The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House Team Reba. I'm Reba Hassa, Team Reba, REMAX Metro East Side. And I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial. Yes, and happy Saturday to everybody. Another Saturday in the Northwest. Hopefully you're out either enjoying the weather or in enjoying not being out in the weather one or the other <laughs> that was very wishy-washy that sounds very seattle-like <laughs> haven't you ever had those weekends where it's like ah it's too hot out i don't want to go out or oh it's too cold and wet out i want to i don't want to go out you know and there's other times where i just don't want to go in and it could okay. be either one. <laughs> so I don't know. You're a finicky fellow, yeah, aren't I you? Yeah, I kind of go back and forth on that. No, I'm always happy to be outside, you know, and people... Oh, like, I know. You've gone out in some crazy conditions. I get I get uh, scolded for walking in the rain without an umbrella. And By course, who? Because my that's usual response here. is like, I'm not going to be messing up my hairdo, let's be honest. So I don't care. True. I don't mind. Yeah, it's fine. I don't mind rain. Does yeah. it not just feel... I just towel it off. I'm good to go. Yeah. I think the only thing that would bother me if I didn't have any hair was that, you know, just like if it starts dripping down my oh, right. skin because yeah, that go. would tickle. Yeah. That, that would drive me bad. crazy. Yeah. Maybe but I maybe I need one of those. There's an image uh, we all don't need. I need one of those old NBA headbands, you know, that they used to used to wear. <laughs> That's exactly what you need. Like, like a tennis. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. One of those little tennis things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Going to look like well, uh, Little uh, version of a, or get a bandana. What was who was well, the? Well, you uh, ride a motorcycle. You could just get a bandana, like yeah. you would under a helmet. You know, I, I do. I ride a Harley. I'm in a gang. Well, it's it's a gang oh, because it's, a, it's gang. a group of us that don't pay dues. <laughs> therefore, we're in a gang, and uh, and I'm not going to tell you the name of the gang on the air because it's inappropriate. But uh, no, it's just a bunch. I mean, you know, most of the guys you see out there riding, and they look really, really rough. Mm-hmm. You know, they get the beards down to their bellies, and you know they're all tatted up. Those guys are certified public accountants. You know, at Ernst and Young, <laughs> most of them, their yeah. positions. No, uh, you know, all the all the people I know who ride Harleys are all like professional. Oh yeah, like you know. So well, a lot of them are manufacturing. I mean, it's a mix of it's a blue it's a, collar, it's white a, collar. It's a mix of humanity but for it, sure. Yeah, but but it's it's it kind of cracks me up. But I'm I'm self conscious about that. I guess I kind of feel if I'm gonna wear a bandana or this or that, I feel like I'm like I'm almost dressing up. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm acting a role or something because that's not something I would normally wear. What was that movie? Wild hogs. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's I feel exactly like, what like your Tim Allen, like. you know. Yes. And, <laughs> right. Right. You know, instead of, you know, being nice. some some sort of, you know, bad boy biker or whatever. But you know what? There are some uh, quote biker bars around uh, that uh-huh. are really, really fun. Fact last week ends up at the Conway Tavern up in Conway, Washington. Oh yeah, that's on the way to LaConnor. It's because I drive oh, by yeah. there all the time. Oh. There's always twenty, thirty Harley's out front. So you think, ooh, biker bar, but you yeah. know, kids, kid friendly. You know, oh, take yeah. your kids no, out in the there. courtyard out I've been there. there. They got good food. They got the best tots around. I'm a sort of a tot yeah. aficionado. I was gonna say you're like tots and uh, tots, dude. Give me your tots. No, and they got uh, they got a big grill, and they'll grill oysters right out there, mm-hmm. and they're good. 
They're really good. So yeah. shout out to the Conway, one, one of my favorites. So there's a bunch of good good sort of, quote, biker bars around. If you're heading south, go to the Yellow Beak out in Enumclaw. Yeah, but they only do Thunder Thursday. I was going to say Thunder Thursdays, and before people end up there, where they have music from seven to ten, they also go out to what's that? It's called. um, Oh, there's another little town out there where a lot of people go first. That also does tacos. That same. Yes. Oh, I'm I'm forgetting the name. Just spacing out on the name now. Yeah. Um, There's a. Well, if a listener remembers, you can uh, ping us on one of our social media and let us know what it is. Because I've only been out to that location. A couple of times, it's not the general mm-hmm. store. It's like it's something like, um, oh, it's got it's got a name. That, not the hardware store. No. But it's like it's like a yeah. I, I know what you're okay. I know a about. listener out yeah. here knows who we're talking about or what place we're talking about. So, ping us on our social media. I'm on Twitter at Team Reba, and we've also got Instagram Team Reba Real Estate, or you can find us on Facebook. Or send us a, a quick message at info at Team Reba, and we'll know exactly what, what place right. we're talking Likewise, about. That's right. Likewise, I'm out there on Eric is my banker on Twitter or Facebook. Just look up Eric is my banker. Feel free to ping us both. Track us down. Yes. That's right. Get us all educated like we try and do on our show about the things we actually know about. There you go. Which oh, are yeah. real estate and finance. That's and right. Similar related topics. What we're supposed to be talking about yes. here every Saturday. Let's get off the Harley talk, shall we? At <laughs> 2 to 3 o'clock. So, yeah, absolutely. Well... I, I, you know, last week we were talking about general real estate transactions and setting the right expectations. Oh, yes. And, so and you important. know, we ran out of time. There's so many different topics and things to Good cover. Good gosh, yes. And I thought, let's let's kind of keep that going yeah. uh, today a little bit. I'm down with that. I'm totally down with that. I've had, you know, we've had a very strong volume of clientele this year, and I'm dealing with Lots of new agents. You know, every time we have a busy market like we have now, a lot of people get in the industry. And, you know, talking about setting expectations, it's about communication between all the parties, right? The agents talking to each other, talking to our clients, talking with the lenders, working with the escrow officers. Um, but I've actually had some of the stuff I'm going to sh- you know, talk about today is even, even some of the people who've been around a while aren't always up on their stuff. And it gets very interesting, it, it does. Uh, and, and it and it puts people at risk. But what are the stats, Reba? You've talked about these before. Mm-hmm. If we look at uh, sort of King County, how many real estate agents are there in the county now? Oh, I'd have to, I'd have to go look up those stats. It's, it's but the slight. state of Washington has thirty thousand. Thirty, okay, thirty thousand. Most the state of them are of concentrated in a three county area. Yeah, King Pierce, Snohomish, yes. mostly. Yeah, in kind of that order. And out of those agents, what percentage? close more than maybe one or two transactions a year. It's a really tiny percentage because nationally there's 1.36 million agents and nationally only 43,000 people a year do more than 25 transactions. Right. Well, 25 is rocking. I mean, that's it. But yeah. if you think about it, that's two, trans- it two closings a month. And, yeah. And we've already, know. we've already done 20 in my team through half of 2019. Right. So yeah. we're yeah. well within that you know, yeah, high standard. Yeah. Up, yeah up um, there. But I will tell you, I, I was looking at stats of my office recently and there's only about 10 or 12 of us out of 60 in the office, you know, 60 some people that are doing even just 12 or more transactions yeah. at this stage. And, and the vast majority of the rest of them have sold only one or two houses the entire year. Right. Well, here's the problem with that. The problem is, and it's just like the lending mm-hmm. industry. In lending, we average around 120 loan rule changes a month. Yeah. So things are constantly changing, updates, 
changes. Yep. This policy went away, a new policy in place. Yep. We've got a big one coming up, uh, you know, you know, right now that has to do with uh, programs for first-time home buyers, and yep. it's not a good change. Right. There's a lot of different things coming up, and in real estate, I'm sure it's the same thing. It's always changing. In fact, we just had new forms changes, and right. that's there's probably about 20 forms that were impacted. Okay, so if you're a, a, an agent, you do one or two transactions a year, mm-hmm. you're, you're really not up on the rules and the changes, mm-hmm. because a lot of these things, let's face it, you learn – on the job. Yeah. Or as, you're as, paying attention or you're in the MLS every right, day you're, and you're looking at, cause it, let's say if you don't have clients, I'll tell you, they're not probably in the multiple listing service every day looking mm-mm. and seeing the notices. Right. And I, let me, let me give our listeners an example. Okay. And what this ends up doing, because we have a transaction that we're closing, um, that, the other agent, and you and I, before we went on air, you asked me what her volume was. And it's actually not bad. Mm-hmm. She's been in the business probably about the same amount of time as me, mm-hmm. maybe a little longer, actually, based on her MLS number. Now, she's sold significantly fewer homes mm-hmm. than me, but it's not a bad rate, mm-hmm. right? She's maybe doing, on average, 10 or 12 a year. Okay, All right. okay so on average, one, one, a month, one a month-ish, yeah. right? So my client is selling a home that's $925,000 and she came with an offer where they were bringing 20% down. Yeah. Right. And we talked with the lender. They said, Oh, they're great. We've looked at their finances. Everything's good. So our client went ahead and signed off on it. Now, what was interesting was it's now about a week before closing and my transaction coordinator, shout out to Angela Reeves, who's amazing. Mm-hmm. Hey, Angela. She's doing her due diligence for our client and doing the follow-up on the financing. And we get this note back from the lender saying, oh, yeah, well, we have this other document. We're just finalizing. We just reviewed it. Um, the stock options have been cashed in now, and we are receiving the funds. And we went, er. <laughs> Mm-hmm. stock <laughs> stock funds <laughs> like no one told us stocks we were being this? sold yeah and so as i was starting to explain to you before we got on air and we thought let's just save it for the show i sent back a message including that lender and the agent and said because nobody when i had conversations conversations with them said anything about stocks and i said well, that's wonderful that everything went fine and that the funds are available. However, I do want to just remind you that by not having told us that these were stocks being sold, you may have, in essence, waived the contingency of the buyer for mm-hmm. financing. So if anything else were to go wrong between now and closing, that earnest money could be at risk. So this one, this story had a happy ending, but it... Well, so far it does. So far. We haven't closed yet. But I sent that message back. The lender was like, oh, noted. And the other agent was like, first I've heard of it. And I thought, well, did you not have a conversation with him? She's known these people for three years because they're her tenants. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking at her going, why did you not have that conversation? 
I said, because here's why, because she started questioning me. She's like, well, why, why are they at risk? I said, because you have to be upfront about where the down payment is coming from. Mm -hmm. And that money has to be traced and everything else. And that seller is making decisions based on the truth of what you're putting in the offer. And if you aren't telling us the truth, well, now that's changing the terms without their permission. Couldn't you have required at some point, like if you caught wind of that, couldn't you have required proof of funds? There is a form called 22 EF, which Mm -hmm. is evidence of funds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she didn't fill that out, but that's the part that, she wasn't even personally aware as their agent of it. I, you know, I question whether that's really reality, Scary. but I, I want to get into more of that and just finish that up when we get back from these messages. But uh, we're going to set some other expectations here on Open House with Team Reba. We'll be right back. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590 The Answer. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial. And I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba. And we're here every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock bringing information on real estate and finance and setting proper expectations. Yes. So I want to wrap up what I was talking about in the last segment real quick, right? So here's the other thing. We're talking about the quality of the agent that you're working with and their willingness to be constantly paying attention to their industry. I ended up the, the agent, when she said, I'm not aware of it. I wasn't sure at first if she meant wasn't aware of the stocks or wasn't aware that she had to divulge that information. Mm -hmm. And I have a feeling it was the latter Mm -hmm. because as I dug deeper, I said, you should have prepared a 22 EF form, evidence of funds form, that then would have identified that those were non-liquid funds needing to be liquidated prior to closing, and that's where the down payment was coming from. Not that that's a problem. It's just that now we're going to ask for those statements to confirm that that value is there. Because think, think about this. Last fall, when the market slowed down, one of the things affecting that for us was Amazon's stock value plummeting. Mm-hmm. So if someone was relying on stocks and let's say those stocks got devalued during the time period and they hadn't already been liquidated, perhaps they might have lost a portion of their down payment and not been able to con- continue their sale, right? Absolutely. So that was important to us. And so, you know, because we want to know, like, how much stock do they have? What is that value price? Maybe we want to start paying attention to that while we're going through the transaction and know when you're going to do the sale, right? Like we would follow a different path in Mm. that situation versus Mm -hmm. it's sitting in your bank account, Yeah. right? So then I'm telling her about this form. She goes, oh, that must be a new form. And the thing was, I sent her in the meantime, two videos On YouTube, there's a a channel that's the Washington Association of Realtors and Annie Fitzsimmons, who's our uh, real estate attorney, she does all these videos and she goes through forms all the time so that people understand them properly coming from an attorney viewpoint, not just an agent. Yes, it's very informative and educational. I watch all of them. Mm -hmm. And I sent her both because there's a part one and part two about that form, about how it works. So I sent those to her. She goes, oh, this must be new. And I went, it's been around since 2012. 
Yeah. Seven years. Not new. Seven years. And I'm just, I'm like smacking my head against the wall. Yeah. So I won't say who it is. And I'm just, but oh my gosh. You know, you just, and, and that's the thing, listeners. She could have put her client at risk if, if that stock had changed and we were relying on the financing forms for that and she didn't have the proper form in there. They had a substantial amount of down, uh, excuse me, not down payment, earnest money. I think they had twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. That's a at that's risk. nothing to sniff at. at. Risk. Yeah. Well, and you know what I see a lot of the times with many transactions is the agent is either inexperienced mm-hmm. or they're lazy. Yeah. And and it could be one or the other. But uh, a lot of the times we'll see agents and I actually hear their conversations. Oh, we don't need that form. We'll just kind of breeze on through. Yeah. Uh, I hear I hear comments. Um, well, we have a circumstance right now with a transaction where the uh, agent and the borrower basically certify that that the borrower was unmarried and, oh, and, the, and the borrower is married. And, and this is all kind of coming up at the, at that the last minute. That could be seen as fraud. Our loan application says he's unmarried. The purchase contract says he's unmarried. And in Washington State, we are a community property state. Yep. If you're buying real estate property, uh, your spouse must acknowledge the transaction. Absolutely. They, they do yeah. not Not have... that you can't get it under your own ownership. Well, you can. You can. You can do yes. that. Yeah. But what you're talking about is someone just like, flagrantly just trying to keep trying to close it yeah without, trying to keep the their spouse, spouse unaware maybe knowing or yeah who, who knows what the circumstances are there but well, maybe they're about to leave that spouse and they're trying to set up a new place absolutely ahead who of knows? Time. anything like that could happen so uh, you know at the last minute we're like are you married or are you not married and he's like mm, i'm married it's like all right good 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 information to know <laughs> by the way this is going to delay us you know right. because now we have to update title. Mm-hmm. I have to update our loan. We have to update the purchase right. contract. Yeah. Uh, we have a whole bunch of information. Now, if I were the... How close to closing was this? About a day before closing. <gasps> oh, yeah. No, oh, it's, it's delayed. man. The transaction is delayed. And, It'd be uh, one thing if you found <clears throat> out in the first week, but that oh, yeah. close... No, no, no. Uh, yeah. In, the, in this case, the, the listing agent uh, the you know representing the seller is a, is a really cool guy. And uh, and this isn't the first challenge we've had on this transaction with this borrower or with this agent. And and so the listing agent actually sent me a note today saying, hey, by the way, I fully understand that these delays are not your fault. Right. Oh, you know, yeah. Because I was well, very. Good. You know, and then kind the of, seller is giving some. Yeah. 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 There, there, there's a little bit of leeway there. That's good. You know, but but if you were the seller, you know, I, I would be furious about that. Oh, and completely. The, but these sort of things, uh, you know, come up. So what happens if just for you out there, if you're if you're married, you're purchasing, you can purchase separately. However, your spouse has to sign an acknowledgement, which is the deed of trust. Mm-hmm. They're not on the loan, but they're on the deed. They're signing right. the deed. And then they also would sign a quit claim deed, yes. Q-U-I-T, mm-hmm. uh, which is essentially affirming that this is separate property. Right. And, and a lot of people, I'm sure listeners, many of you may have misheard that term before. Quick. And think <laughs> it is a quick, as in fast. No. And that is not it. It's, it's quit, quit as, in like as you quit. stop. Yeah. You stop your ownership interest in it. And that's why it's called a quit claim. Correct. Yep, that's right. So, you know, we, we see goofy things like this happen all the time. And, and, and there is a common theme to this. And, and if you look at uh, many of these agents, they work for very small firms. 
or there's there's also some fairly large firms that are a what are called a desk fee type operation. Somebody just mm-hmm. pays a hundred bucks a month. They oh, can yeah, put their cost. license up on the yeah. board. They get no guidance. Yeah, they they're just no collecting training. agents. Yeah, they yeah. They, they don't. Uh, you know, the the broker of those firms does nothing well, to help. It, yeah, and I'll let you cases. say that. I have to be careful because as a realtor, mm-hmm. you know, and we always talk about this all the time. I'm an agent who is also a membership realtor because every realtor is an agent, but not every agent Mm -hmm. is a realtor. Right. Right. But um, like, I can't disparage my colleagues. However, you do notice when there's a difference in quality and there are some brokerages that, you know, depending on who you're talking to, people will feel very differently Mm -hmm. about them. Right. And it's, it's sometimes it's office to office too, right? right? It depends on who the designated well, broker is. You know, it depends on why they're in the industry. Right. Because for a, many people don't realize how, you know, everyone seems to think that there's this, you know, there's a bunch of lawsuits going on nationally right now against uh, the industry trying to say that there's these monopolies. And it's like, first of all, most of those lawsuits happened decades ago and it's also what helped spawn the idea of buyer agency mm-hmm. but another portion now but i will say there are some firms who continue to try and force these so-called you know fixed commission schemes and stuff mm-hmm. but this has got to be i mean i've worked in a lot of industries retail manufacturing and software and then this and i will tell you it's probably the most cutthroat industry i've ever been in mm-hmm. it's incredibly competitive Mm -hmm. yeah you know because you have all these different factors that are running at all times right right so it's it it gets interesting plus it's the low bar of entry right you have to pass your your real estate exam with a 70 percent after only 90 hours of classes which also do not tell you what you're about to actually get into they're just mostly courses around the law of real estate. Mm -hmm. And then there's out of that 90, there's 30 hours of practices, which gives you kind of a tiny little glimpse, but it also doesn't tell you that there's lots of different jobs inside the industry. But, but that's also why it's so important if you, especially if you're a new agent coming into this industry, that you work with a company that has a good, strong, solid managing broker who can mentor you. Except for most people coming in, haven't saved any money. Like a lot of Americans, they haven't saved any money and they didn't realize because they don't tell you this in the classes Mm -hmm. that you're about to become self-employed and you have to (laughs) self-fund. And suddenly people go, oh, "Oh, I only have $1,000 in the bank and guess how much money it costs to get a startup going. Way more than that. That is pretty interesting. If you think about any other business, if you're opening a business, Mm -hmm. you have to save, save, save to get... Or you have to it. borrow or you borrow, have borrow, to, borrow. Right. you know, so I mean, startups aren't always using their own money. No. They're getting investors. Right. But but this is the difference in real estate is people get into it because they're like, oh, I can make my, you know, I can make my own destiny. But it starts out with you make your own big hole of money, right? <laughs> black right, hole right. of money yeah, absolutely. until you can get yourself established. And most people don't survive that because, I mean, you asked mm-hmm. me earlier about stats. Actually, for first-year agents, it's about a 90% attrition rate Mm -hmm. because most people don't know they're about to become self-employed. They don't have the extra cash, and they don't know how to get themselves established with somebody. Right. You know, one of the reasons teams has become a a more common thing, something I've been doing for 16 years, is because young people coming into the industry are realizing, oh, 
I didn't know it was going to be that. I better hook myself up to somebody who does know what they're doing so mm-hmm. I can learn. Well, that's a smart person right there. Yeah, yeah. which reminds me. We're looking for licensed assistants on my team right now. There you go. So if you want to work with some established. Hook up with a smart person. Yeah, there you go. We're looking <laughs> for some really sharp people to join our team because we got a lot of stuff oh, going on. That's, well. That, Sorry, it, a little self-plug so, Well, there. no, it is. It's, it's your, your apprentice program, if you will, for the real mm-hmm. estate industry. And it's super, super important. Yes. Yeah, I know. We see it all the time. And you and I, I mean, let's be honest. We've been in this business long enough that when we get into a transaction where we can tell it's a, a new agent or an inexperienced agent, we sort of know how the transaction is going to go. It's going to yeah. be more difficult. It's it's going to require a lot more effort, a lot more work, because we have yes. uh, the agent to worry about as well as everything else. Yeah. That we oh, there's definitely been times about. we've done the heavy lifting of mm-hmm. another person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. anyway, hey, you know, you were also talking about funds uh, and, and you were talking about someone liquidating stock or options, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. You know, the other one is 401ks. Yes. And if you have a 401k and you're planning on using those funds for down payment, you can if it's your mm-hmm. principal residence. You know, there's two ways to do it, though. You either withdraw the money or you borrow the money. Right. And and we've yeah. had we've had folks be confused about that. Make sure you know how much you can get out of that account. Yes. You know, before you enter into a real estate transaction. Yeah, I know the the pre-show for this one. We talked about that kind bit. of in depth, yeah. and we also brought it up on some other shows just mm-hmm. because we had some. Very concrete examples we of did. those things. Yes. Well, yeah, just be super careful if you're borrowing. You can only borrow half of it. You know, if you're yeah. drawing, and if sure you have questions on it, penalties. send him a message at eric at ericismybanker.com. That's right. But right now we got to pay a couple bills, and then we're going to have a, take a real quick break here. We're going to be back setting proper expectations in your real estate transaction on Open House with Team Reba. Be right back. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1580. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba House of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Okay. And we're here every Saturday from 2 to 3 and sometimes Sundays as well. Yes. Occasionally we get four. a bonus from 3 to 4. And don't forget, you can be... Finding us on podcasts that you listen to, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And uh, just for our listeners to let you know. So, like, if well, if you want to go back and listen to a show after the fact, I mean, obviously, you can always go to my blog, teamreba.com slash blog. Or you can go to these different programs and uh, do a subscribe on those. And mm-hmm. then you can have our whole list of them, which just so you know... The full three and a half years of uh, back shows that we've got mm-hmm. are going to be getting uploaded Excellent. over the next few months. I've got yeah. uh, somebody working on that project right now. We saw got some great fun shows. You we know, do. That we've done over we've the had years. some really amazing guests on, and actually, we're gonna we're gonna utilize that same uh, content, and uh, eventually, that will get put onto YouTube with uh, some you know video kind of tied into that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's going to be very good, cool. Good, good. Yeah. Very excited. Excellent. I've been working on this for years. So mm-hmm. that's right. Very yeah. exciting. <laughs> We've been talking for years. Yeah. You and I have been talking for years. That's no joke. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. So speaking of no joke, let's get back to the setting expectations. Yeah. We, I mean, we, we try and have a good time at what we do, but 
there are serious matters, right, that come up and things mm-hmm. that we want people to be aware of. What was the next thing that you had on well, your list that you wanted to try and cover? Right. Well, and I think this kind of falls under uh, along along your your end as well. I, I remember there was a, a real estate agent that end? used to teach. Just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> there is a, a realtor that used to teach uh, beginning agents. And, and he started by writing up on a whiteboard. He said, like, tell me the estimated cost of these items. He said, how much do you think a, a hot tub is? And how oh. much do you think chandeliers <laughs> are? <laughs> and, and how much do you think, yeah. you know. Yeah, and everyone's um, like $1,000. You know, gas barbecue. And they're putting all these things yeah. up on the on the boards, right? Yeah. And uh, and then he, and he, so he comes up with this grand total. It was like $50,000. And he says, now, what do these things all have in common? And they're like, oh, we don't know. He goes, these are things that the real estate agent ended up having to pay for, you know, because they were not properly vetted out in the contract. Yes. And somebody assumed they were getting them. You've hit my pain point right now. <laughs> you know that. You knew when you brought that up, it was going to hit my hot button. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've had a few transactions recently where I, listeners stop asking for seller stuff or seller before you put your house on the market, if there's something that you absolutely love and want to take with you, please, please identify that before you put it on market. Because what the haggling can really fall into is stuff that's personal property or a design choice or you know something along those mm-hmm. lines, right? Yeah. Cause that list that you just gave that roster of items, mm-hmm. you know, I had this come up recently where unfortunately my clients had personal time with the listing agent cause they went to an open house without me mm-hmm. and they start yapping away at the listing agent who starts telling them, well, you know, the riding lawnmower comes with it. And then she, and she starts talking about it and there's patio furniture and other things that the seller is willing to leave behind. Well, guess what? Lo and behold, ended up happening. Now my clients even won a small bidding war and paid a little extra for this property. Yeah. But then at the end of the day, her clients said, no, we want money for those things. Oh boy. And so they wanted an extra $1,000, even though my clients had paid over asking price to beat out another family, which they had been pushed to even go above what they wanted to do by $2,500. Well, now they were told, you know, and of course I get to be the bearer of the bad news because she's telling me this and now I have to tell them because I didn't, I didn't sit there hearing their conversation. I can't go back to the, he said, she said kind of version of a conversation because I wasn't standing there and I didn't, nobody memorialized that in an email, you know? And I said, well, apparently they want a thousand dollars for all this stuff now. And if you guys don't want this stuff, they're just going to put it up for sale. And they're like, well, no, but we want that stuff. And I said, well, then it's just up to you to decide if it's worth paying the $1,000. So they decided to pay the $1,000 and they met the sellers and actually gave them the check. And then lo and behold, the sellers took part of the patio furniture. And when we went back to say, hey, wait a minute, they gave you money for the patio furniture. And they're like, and the husband says to his agent, well, that one chair was my wife's favorite and we weren't going to leave the fire pit anyway. But nobody had said any of that throughout this whole period of time. 
Oh, what's the number one rule in real estate if it's not not in in writing? writing. But, But hold on. What I need to be cautious, though, of is personal property is not to go in real property contracts. No. Period. It's really not supposed to. If you talk to any attorney, they go blue in the face about this Mm -hmm. topic because I, as a licensed agent, am only licensed to deal with real property. I am not there to act as a retail agent to somebody's personal belongings. And so that becomes a problem if you want to put that in writing. Now, Mm -hmm. if those two parties individually want to start negotiating that and create their own list and that because that money cannot change hands as part of the contract please you know it there's, a, there's a financing consideration on that as well yeah if you have a bunch of personal property listed in a purchase agreement yep guess what as a lender now we're forced to do you see what I mean here? some way to document the value of it because yeah. that's part of the price. Yeah, because some people will be like, oh, well, you know, for zero value, someone's going to... Now, it's one thing if you write mm-hmm. in like, a, for zero value, this is going to be left. Now, yeah, if, if they had, if, if that agent had been real about that riding lawnmower staying for no dollars, mm-hmm. then they should have written into the contract for zero dollars, the riding lawnmower will stay. Or she should have had something mm-hmm. pre preset inside of her listing information mm-hmm. that allowed every agent... To yeah, see that, which you is know, fine. that part's fine. But instead, she's having these verbal conversations, and then later, and so this is what killed me, Eric. I had to go back to her on my client's behalf and say, "Hey, wait a minute, that's not what they they said. Your conversation was this." She goes, "No, no, I told them. I always told them it was negotiable." <laughs> oh boy. Well, what the heck does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. It means nothing, especially because she's not supposed to be purveying the personal goods. That's the equivalent of a parent saying, I'll think about it, you know, when a kid's yeah. asking for permission for something. I, yeah, and I'll tell you, I sit with my clients, and, you know, we had a mutual client recently that, you know, I'm selling his place, and they've got a massive television in a particular room. And I just said, okay, so there's this thing in the contracts that's about um, attached items and wall-mounted televisions now can fall into that category. And you have to identify whether that TV is staying and And the the mount. mount. Right, right. Right? And if you aren't planning on leaving it, it is best that you remove it before the fact, which... God love that client. They did have one in their kitchen that they removed the mount and the TV and had all the patchwork done. So good on them. That mm-hmm. was they did a beautiful job working yeah. with their handyman. And then this massive television that was in a media room, they're like, Well, that thing's so dang heavy to move. Like, we're just gonna leave it. <laughs> and I said, Okay. And then in the listing, we could say, because there's now a section of the yeah. contracts that say mounted wall tv mm-hmm. and so you can actually identify those now because they you know as products change over time you know you can you, you see these things changing inside mm-hmm. the contracts so you know that was another one where we're like that's already in there someone could check a box it stays no problem mm-hmm. right not a big deal but when you start getting into things like rotting lawnmowers and uh, this oh this was another thing that happened with that same uh customer over on in sammamish what, or excuse me, Redmond was, um, they had the riding lawnmower issue. Well, apparently when they met the sellers to pay them the thousand dollars to only find out they were only going to get part of what they thought they were going to get, 
The sellers also then told them about all these blinds that had been removed from the house because the stager had suggested they be taken down. And they're telling them all about these blinds. Mm -hmm. But then no one produces the blinds. And so now I have another conversation going on with the same agent after closing, which is the worst time to be trying to do this. Mm -hmm. Right. Annie Fitzsimmons from the Realtors Association actually says that agents shouldn't be engaged at all after the closing is done because this is no longer real estate services. Mm. But the public believes this is exactly what we should be doing. Mm -hmm. And so now I've got an issue of, well, technically the blinds weren't attached it's just that a seller opened their big fat mouth and said, hey, we had some. We took them down. Yeah. Didn't bother telling them where. Y'all want them? <laughs> yeah. And now they're like, we'd like the blinds. I'm like, I don't know where they're at. And I go to the other agent. She's like, I don't know about that. And she goes, I. Yeah. And I'm like, well, go ask your sellers. Like, where are <laughs> like, Did they throw them away? Like, where do they go? Because they didn't leave them on the premises. They didn't even leave them in the garage. Interesting. So no. Where are they? <laughs> right. And now my client's looking at me. And I'm like. I didn't have the conversation about the blinds. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Like I can go so far, but after that, then it becomes a legal issue. It's out of my hands at that point. And I, yeah. I'm, I, our listeners are probably hearing me get kind of excited about this, but you have to understand there, there is a legal limit to what courts look at your real estate agent to be able to handle. Mm -hmm. There actually is a limit. We have this battle of the barristers every year, and this topic comes up every single year mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. people overstepping their role. And it's tough because television and the movies and just general popular opinion has a completely different view of what our job is. And so it gets really dicey at times, and then people get annoyed. So I'm, I'm letting you know... If someone's pushing back, sometimes it's because they technically really aren't supposed to be doing that. Well, there's a pamphlet that everybody gets when you enter in a real estate transaction, the laws of agency. Law of agency. Doesn't that? Nope. Doesn't go it? into that. It doesn't cover it. Nope. Mm -hmm. Doesn't go into that. It talks about what are my duties. Right. But it doesn't, you know, they don't spell out what are not my duties. <laughs> right. It says, what are my duties? Right. And that's right. the limit of yeah. my duty. So maybe to your point. If you don't see it listed in there, that's not what part of my job it's is. It's not a duty then at that point. Yeah. 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 Boy, people can get <laughs> themselves into a almost had to play with words on that one. <laughs> <laughs> O-T-Y. Yeah. Got to get in a little bit of duty yeah, on the right. duty. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, we're going to be coming back in just a few minutes here, but we've got a, uh, a little bit more to talk about when we're setting expectations, <laughs> including what yeah. not to put on an inspection response report yeah, we got a lot more to talk about work orders we got lots going on here so stay tuned more open house with team Reba. be right back open house with team Reba on am 1590 the answer now back to open house with team Reba. welcome back to open house with team Reba. i'm eric austin from homebridge financial and this is Reba Haas from Team Reba over here blowing her top off her water bottle. You did. I know. I <laughs> Some fun little. That thing like, I thought like you were going to do one of those, you know, where you flip it and it, all the kids are doing, you flip it and it lands on, you know, lands upright, you know, and they get all excited. Isn't They're that... all over YouTube. I know, but that's kind of old. It is? Yeah, that was from a while ago. Oh, well. Behind right. the times, dude. What's the latest then? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my still, gosh. 
I'm still thinking they're doing planking. <laughs> Remember that one? Planking? Planking. They just lay flat as a board on various objects. They called it planking, and there's pictures of... <laughs> well, I do planking in my workouts. No, no, this is like in public art and oh, things like that it was kind of funny. They, like they balance on yeah things. yeah they just sort of you see people just randomly like i did i did actually like just that. see something on instagram the other day that yeah. was one of those yeah. i was like what is this eh. person doing like why are they eh. doing that yes. i didn't now i guess i oh, know it's gonna be some fad random random <laughs> lane on stuff that okay got of it silliness okay well <laughs> Let's get let's get out of our silliness and let's yeah. get back to uh, expectations. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's get back to being semi-serious. I want to talk about the thirty-five R. That would be the inspection response form from the Northwest Multiple Listing Service. That's right. So somebody has an inspection done. They're in contract on a home, mm-hmm. and the inspection results come back. Yes. And the inexperienced agent writes. They well, everybody fills out a form called a thirty-five R, which is the yes. response to it. The inexperienced agent writes, seller shall repair the following items per the inspection done on XX date. You know, number one, repair the mold in in the basement. Number two, repair the leaking roof. Number three, you know, fix the uh, unsafe wiring. You know, number four, fix the leaky plumbing. So as a a lender, Mm -hmm. we will look at that document and we're going to say, oh, we have mold. Okay, mm-hmm. there's a condition for mold re- mold yep. remediation. We have a leaky roof. Okay, now we're going to need a roof certification. Oh, there's uh, problems with the wiring. Now we're going to need electrical inspection. Oh, yep. there's problem with the plumbing. Now we're going to need a plumbing inspection. Yeah. So what this agent did, and, and they might all be extremely minor things. Maybe it's a little one inch patch of mold. Maybe it's yeah. you know an outlet that's a lot of times it's just like the end or, of your fascia boards right. on the house. That almost every single house I see, unless someone does the maintenance ahead of time has that dark staining because water's starting to enter mm. and there's a little bit of, you know, right, mold right. up there. But but what, or not even mold, it's moss. What what people don't understand is that if once you put a document like that in a file, it, it has to be addressed. Right. And then that same inexperienced agent will complain saying, "Well, why do you need to do all these other inspections? You know, you know, and we'll do an appraisal of the property." Appraisal will probably come back. It might be fine. There's no conditions of the appraisal. Well, then why do you need all these other inspections if your appraisal's okay? And the answer is because you put them in your contract. Right. Once they're in the contract, those items have to be addressed, and they yeah. have to be addressed prior to closing. They've right. got to be fixed. Well, so you're hitting on a thing that is the regular conundrum in the industry, mm-hmm. right? Because the lenders have one set of rules. And we have direction taking us another way. Correct. Yeah, an you know, obligation. And how to represent our clients, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because, yeah, and even in your example, there's concerns from, say, someone like Annie Fitzsimmons, because if someone just says to fix, you know, the leaky faucet, mm-hmm. well, she's like, that's not enough information, mm-hmm. right? Right. How. What is to be like if you don't know what's causing the leak, if you don't know, is there some other thing that's part of that? And she's like, you know, and you're not a plumbing expert. So, mm-hmm. you know, who right. are you to say some of these things? So it, it becomes an issue because there's a combination of um, us needing to get work done because stuff does come up on every single inspection that's out there. But then the concern of like what you're saying of what does it do with the contracts? And this became 
this became a bigger issue after the recession, right? When they started really cracking down on mm -hmm. lending programs mm -hmm. because what they didn't want was there was a, a thought of, it, I don't think it was ever an issue as much here in Washington state, but in California, I know it was a big problem where they felt there was collusion and there were lawsuits involved of business, you know, lenders with appraisal right, uh, appraisers right. on staff and people paying off home inspectors and a whole right. bunch of others and just like pushing through junk. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then, you know, these crummy houses were getting outrageous loans and other things. So, I mean, there's a reason why there's that safety net, right, to mm -hmm. have that. But I'm curious, what, tell our listeners what, when you're coming at it from that angle, what are you expecting them and their agent to be producing? Because obviously they're going to want to be represented and have work done if it is indeed necessary. What would you that's, suggest? That's the point exactly. I, I think a lot of the times the, the 35R is used as a negotiating tool to try and get concessions from the it seller. Is. And so what happens is the one agent, the buyer's agent, puts this whole big list of things that need to be done. The seller comes back and says, no. Or they come back and say, yeah. well, how about I just give you $5,000 instead? Right. And then, and then the buyer's agent says, yeah, okay, that's great. Well, that's that's typically how it goes, uh, and which is fine. Uh, the only problem is that if you've if you've given a huge laundry list of things that are wrong with the home, you know that is part of the the, the loan document, and mm -hmm. we do have to address it even if the seller has right. refused to to make those repairs. So so that's the part that it, it gets a little bit sticky. So what what I would you know from my side of it, what I would prefer to to see is number one that there are any issues of safety or soundness to that home are, are firmly addressed. You know we don't want any buyer buying a home that's going to have a, a problem, you know, right after closing or any point, you know, down no. the road from that. So anything that's avoidable like that, fine. But if they're minor issues or things that can be very easily repaired or not issues of safety or the soundness of the home, you know, maybe try to keep those out of that document. And, and if you want to negotiate further with a seller for additional concessions or things, that's fine. You know, that's a, that's a negotiating point. Uh, but uh, we'd much rather only see the the big the big things you know on that on that 35r and not and not have that document used as an is essentially a negotiating tool so i'm going to go back and say and this is where because you, know, you and i don't always see eye to eye on these yeah, things yeah. because that's the only way that we can negotiate yeah mm -hmm. that's the only tool that. provided to the agents right no i understand so, it, but it's the language in it and how it's part how it's of it worded. is the language um it also you know, that form 35R often then has attached to it other documents, such as the full inspection mm -hmm. report. Well, if it such references as the, the full 35, right. or excuse me, not 35, but the 34, because mm -hmm. sometimes what happens is that that form that we're discussing doesn't have a lot of space. Mm -hmm. And right. so oftentimes that's why people say see attached, and mm -hmm. either they're trying to put on the inspection report with things itemized mm -hmm. or they create what's called a form 34 which is the blank addendum and then they start typing things in there and to your point this goes right back to where the legal experts say okay just remember agent you are not you get a limited practice of law mm -hmm. and what that means is the second you go off form and you're not just filling in a blank and you're putting language in to your point of like to fix the leaky pipe. Mm -hmm. Uh Oh, right. You know, who's going to fix the leaky pipe. Right. 
are we using a licensed and bonded oh, yeah. individual? You know, that kind of thing. And we're, you know, we're going to run out of this oh, segment. We, we have conversations about what does the agent even mean with what they've written in there. Yeah. Half the yeah, time yeah, yeah. it's like, huh? I, we're, we're, I have we're like no idea. By it. And it's like, well, who's supposed to do that? You know, can the seller do it? Or is it, is it something that requires a license? It depends, right. Right. right? Like it's our favorite answer. It depends. But if they say per inspection report dated XXX, yeah. guess what? Yeah, now, now we're going to have to that. see the whole inspection report. Exactly. And and we could call out as, as conditions anything that's on that report. Right. Do you really want that? If you do, fine. We'll, we'll work with that. But if you don't, yeah. then don't, well, yeah, don't reference it. Yeah, and some nefarious my, buyers may try and do that mm-hmm. and see if they can try and slip something in. But I will tell you, it's a tactic that frequently just ends in the deal falling apart. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Some yeah. people think they'll do it to strong arm. There's actually an agent who got in big trouble recently. Because, um, and I don't know if you knew this, because it only happened through the MLS. It wasn't in an actual transaction yet. Mm-hmm. But an agent, without seller permission, let their buyers do a pre-inspection on a house and then sent the inspection report to the listing agent with a list of issues and then said, we're going to write an offer based on this. But the agent's like... What did you just do? They got in <laughs> huge amounts of trouble for that and a major fine from oh, the MLS. Oh, so many stories. Oh, my gosh. So many so war much. stories. <laughs> well, I hope this is entertaining for you today, and we're here every week on Open House of Team Reba. Thanks for listening in. Have a great afternoon, everyone. Yeah, see you Thank next you week. Thanks for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at re slash max Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. The preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.